welcome to Ron Book Pod. I'm your host, Sarah, and today is with me is librarian and romance reader Amy Dittmeyer. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you because I was like, it's Librarian Appreciation Month, and I know a lot of romance reading librarians, so I was happy to have you. Yes, we are, we are legion. <laughs> we are everywhere. <laughs> now, you work in, is it the Chicago library system or is it a suburb of the Chicago library it's system a, yeah so I, I live in Chicago but I work in the suburban library system but my library is pretty much one of the first suburbs uh outside of the city limits so I can see the city from <laughs> from the city that I work in so it's very strange okay and you just changed library jobs so you were in a different suburb or in a different part of the city before a different suburb yeah yeah the chicago suburbs are so weird in that one too if i stood from the train platform i could see the sears tower or i think it's the willis tower now but i refuse to call it that so it's <laughs> it's technically the suburbs but like you could throw a rock and that rock would be in the city limit so i've always worked in or around the city that's cool and i know you've talked to me before about how like the branches are different because it's different neighborhoods. What is it like working in your new neighborhood? Yeah, my new neighborhood is super different. It's a totally different community than what I was working in before. So I'm still kind of learning. Um, and this is a very weird time to be entering a new community because I'm only seeing a portion of it, you know? The one thing I've noticed with this community romance-wise is that there's a really big outlander fandom which is not what i would consider a true romance but they love their highlanders and i'm not sure why (laughs) (laughs) i like i'm not sure like what about this pocket of the community is just like outlander crazy there was even a woman i was helping the other day and her phone went off and it was like the theme song from the tv show so that's been interesting but the community i work in is really focused on providing technology equity A lot of people in the community might not have internet access or computer access or their only access to the internet is through their smartphone. So we really concentrate on bringing technology services to the public, whether that's, you know, just with like normal computer use access or we have a lot of stuff in our tech annex, which is more like recording equipment for music, or uh, if you wanted to do a podcast, you could do it down there too, or video editing software, things that are a lot higher price point that you might not be able to afford at home. So you have an entire like wing of the library that's dedicated to just other technologies besides like a regular computer sitting in the back that can be used for the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's really cool. Yeah, I haven't met many of the bookish readers yet because I think they're still you know waiting for their vaccines to come in but I'm I'm super excited to meet my my fellow romance readers yeah because my library um as I is I think one of the smallest libraries in the state of Massachusetts so we have four computers I think not that we can go in there right now right Um, but I was like we had computers I think you could like borrow video games i don't know if you could borrow a system i don't remember that but there was very much more limited than what a larger suburb might have yeah yeah and before my my previous library was in a it was a more working class suburb but it definitely had more money so the library had more funding 
and here we have less funding and so we focus that funding on things that really need to be there so like part of our funding goes towards like hotspots so people can check those out and have internet at home or upgrading our computers so they're not falling apart <laughs> and people are able to use them. Um, I think we have one or two like Nintendo switches to to check out, but it just offers more, even though we have less money, it offers more opportunities for people to have things that we, you know, maybe take for granted at home, which I think yeah. is cool. Now, do you acquire romance for the library or was that more what you did at your previous library? Yeah, at my previous library, we had romance broken out into its own section, and that was my primary purchasing focus. At this new library, romance isn't separated. The only really separation distinction is that we collect urban fiction, which I'm not a huge fan of that term, but we have a lot of readers that like that. So uh, a lot of the more, I guess, quote unquote, urban fiction romance goes into that section. But I just purchased romance for the general uh, fiction collection now. Okay. Um, I know up in Worcester, when in the before times I would go to that library, um, because it's the one of the biggest libraries in this area outside of Boston. Um, they had a specific romance section as well as like sci-fi and horror. And I remember there being like an end cap, the end of sci-fi that was just like urban fiction and urban romance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was also mixed in with regular romance, but there was like an end cap there and then like a couple other end caps for other romance stuff. And they had a large selection of lesfic, um, which I was like, cool, I'm not going to read any of this right now, but cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know it can be hard around the country to get in, especially queer romance into the library. Yeah, I definitely feel like... I'm performing an act of espionage when I buy those books because I'm like, hey, guess what, library is about to get gayer. <laughs> and I'm lucky that my my current uh, supervisor is very like trusting with everyone. We can kind of do whatever we want. So I'm just buying stuff, and we'll you know we'll see when it comes, and I hope people check it out. But because do you can are you also in charge of acquiring the ebooks or just the physical dead tree books? <laughs> just the dead tree books at this job. Yeah, the the library system I work for is actually part of a consortium. Uh, it's called the I think it's I don't actually know what the acronym stands for, but it's called SWAN. <laughs> and the SWAN system purchases uh, ebooks as a consortium, which is great for libraries like us that have a smaller budget. It gives our patrons more access to titles than what we would be able to purchase on a you know monthly or even yearly basis. So all the ebook purchasing is through the consortium. Um, people who are part of the consortium and in, in libraries and part of that consortium can make requests or even our library can supplement that with purchases uh, that we make just for our library patrons, but money is <laughs> few and far between. So it's nice yeah. to have that consortium um, access, have a bigger selection. Yeah. Um, so I know in Boston, I have the option in the overdrive system to, well, I did have the option to press whatever I wanted in the overdrive system. Now through the Boston 
public library's website, I can put in 20 suggestions a month. Um, (laughs) And I generally, and I also like know the librarian who does the romance acquisition. So if I really wanted to, I could be like, hey, can you please request all these things for me? Thank you. And she's done that before for me. But I generally try to like, it's really hard because I have to check to see if something's in KU or not, because then it can't be in a library because Amazon. But I try to get as many small indie self-pub books as I can in there. And Boston has, I think, over 2,000 queer romance titles. Yeah, that's awesome. And like the Amazon thing is a huge issue right now. And I know there are some other libraries in the country like really pushing for, hey, we would love to have these titles, but you won't let us have these titles. (laughs) Yeah, the same with the Audible only. I get really frustrated because it's like, well, I guess I either have to be an Audible member to buy it via credit or pay full price for it, or maybe they'll cut a deal with the library eventually, but there's a lot of romance books that end up, or queer sci-fi in general, that end up in Audible only, and it gets frustrating. But it's awesome that you're able to get queer books into your little suburban library setting. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's actually pretty fun. <laughs> um, you know, a part of my I'm I'm pretty new to librarianship in general, but uh, after finishing my practicum and then just starting like work at a public library, it kind of became my professional goal to be like. <laughs> hey, like, let's, not that there's anything wrong with Debbie McComer, there's definitely, like, you know, an audience for that type of book, and I'm not part of that target audience, and that's fine, but I feel like a lot of librarians focus on what people want right now, and not anticipating what books could bring new people in, and purchasing diversely, whether that's, you know, queer romance books, or um, you know, nonfiction books that focus on queer history, it, you're providing a resource to someone who might not even know that it's there, and then they'll keep returning for Yeah, totally. One of the other things we're going to talk about today is slow burn in romance. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about as a librarian before we get to that? No, I'm super excited to talk about slow burns. Okay, so for those who are either new to tropes and new to romance, a slow burn is a romance where it takes a while for the relationship to form, but in and not a slow build. There's a difference between a slow burn and a slow build. A slow burn is if they finally kiss or if they hold hands or if they say something, you're like, oh my God, my soul is melting. My heart is melting. They touched hands. They kissed. They shoved each other up against a wall to make out. Holy shit. <laughs> so like, and the difference between a slow build is it's just slow. It's slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people seem to get the two confused, or at least what I perceive as a slow burn, is if there's not unresolved sexual tension that's melting me to the bone, then it's not a slow burn. Yeah, I would agree with that definition as well. There are slow books, (laughs) and then there are slow burns. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different. Not that there's anything wrong with a slow build, it's just there are two different things with two different expectations. A slow burn can also have a lot of pining, 
which is a bit different than unresolved sexual tension sometimes because the pining is just like them thinking of each other constantly and like making cow eyes mm-hmm. and being like, oh, there he is all across the room. Look at him with that book in his hand shelving so sexily. I don't know. <laughs> so for me, one of my favorite slow burns that has always stuck with me since I read it, or at least read the first couple fix of it, um, is the Loaded March series by Footloose on Archive of Our Own. It's a Merlin AU series where they're secret special agent mercenary type dudes. And Merlin has magic. Arthur and his team don't know he has magic, but he tries to use his magic like he does in the original series to like try and help prevent like his friends from getting injured and stuff like that. And him and Arthur hate each other. They hate each other with a heavy, heavy, unresolved sexual tension of hate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then it just, like, it keeps building over each fic. And the whole, I, when I read it, I think it was, like, four or five stories. Now it's a total of, I think, ten of a million words. (laughs) So it's a commitment. But it was, like, the most scorching slow slow burn with the best unresolved sexual tension that I'm just like, yes. Yes, give me more. Yeah, I made the mistake. I I saw you list this, and I'm like, huh, I haven't, like, dipped into the Merlin fanfic community in a minute. Let me see. And then I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, no! I can't start this at midnight. I have to go to bed. (laughs) Which I find, like, is I love slow burns, but I really need to space them out for myself because I will become obsessed I do a lot of my reading at night after my partner has gone to sleep I'll like prop my kindle up on him and just read (laughs) then like as he moves like reprop it up and if I start a slow burn at like you know 10 or 11 p.m I will stay up until like pushing my body to the limits until like four or five because I just need to see like the feeling watching these people flounder around each other becomes addictive to the point of me losing sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, like, the thing with... I sometimes tend to prefer slow burns in fanfic versus published romance, Mm -hmm. mostly because once they get to the... We realize we like each other, we actually kissed, we have confessed feelings or whatever, there's still, like, I don't know, 40,000 words after or more after that happens. Whereas sometimes in romance, it's, like, maybe 40 pages <laughs> right yeah. and I need that okay they've confessed the feelings they've done the thing but I need to still see them as a couple after yeah like, I need at least 50 more pages of them being a couple to be like yes I believe this happy ever after I think check please did a good job of that and maybe it's because I was reading it in the published form I never read it as a webcomic but I got that resolution like seeing them as a couple uh hanging out and seeing what it was like for them to be in a relationship I think if I had been reading that in webcomic form I would have gone insane it I would have just been in agony like what's happening so I read that in webcomic form as it was publishing and I've met uh Ngozi um a couple times at conventions and she's absolutely she's amazing Um, And I love Check, Please. And I would remember, I mean, with any webcomic, it's like, okay, I've caught up to it. Now, six months later, oh, there's like 
40 new pages. Cool. Oh no, I've ended on them kissing. Oh dear. <laughs> I need to go beyond this now or Biddy's talking to his dad about being gay. Oh no, I need to continue on, but there's no more because it's almost done. Right. Right. Um, but I really love Check, Please. I have, I think I've backed almost all the Kickstarters. She's doing one more, um, just so that everyone, like, she has the published versions from Saint, no, first, second, and then she has her own self-pubs that are, like, the small flip books. Oh, yeah. Um, and she wanted to do one more round for the last book so that everyone has a complete collection, especially oh. if you're collecting it that way rather than the first, second version. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it that that kind of feeling, the webcomic reading feeling, for me transfers over to webtoons. Webtoons is my lunchtime reading, and again, I really need to rethink that because <laughs> as I read slow burns on the webtoons app, I kind of find that that like addictive feeling of it that I feel with fanfic but now I only have like 30 minutes for lunch and I'm like no but wait <laughs> what if I sat down here and just yeah like webtoons it's a lot harder for me to find because they the way they do their genres and their tags it's harder to search for like queer stuff mm-hmm. because some stuff is BL some stuff is GL some stuff is neither but doesn't get a weird little tag on the the thumbnail so I'm just like okay I have to go troll either tag packer or twitter and be like okay where are the queer things tell me these things I think three of my favorites are Ayers game which is a dueling tournament challenge thing where all these fancy swordsmen that are also kind of wanting to kill each other um are competing to be the bodyguard of a prince and one of these guys falls for the prince and the prince falls for him back and it's just like i think it's like i don't know a hundred chapter or hundred episodes at this point or something mm-hmm. um and the art is gorgeous um everyone's well not everyone's queer but most of the people are queer um and there's a side uh ff relationship between uh the guy the girl who's supposed to marry the prince and they're like yeah no we're both queer we don't want this we're i'm a lesbian he's gay no thanks <laughs> um and so like the the i got into the part where the slow burn is burned i guess burned out or what is continuing on and then what else the croaking um by echo rise slash megan i don't remember megan's last name but um it's with bird people these these human people have wings denoting different bird species so there's like ravens and sea eagles and osprey and that sort of thing and they're all different jaded into like almost like a caste system so like the corvids are at the bottom and like the swans and like the rare birds are at the top but it's like at this military school and these two guys met on this cliff top months before and they reunite as roommates and they're like oh shit he was cute oh shit and they're just like they just keep like blushing at each other and then like they start sleeping in the same bed because the crow keeps having nightmares and the only thing that will keep his nightmares at bay is his friend cuddling with him oh my gosh i know i just i just started the croaking this week I don't remember why. I, I tend to add a bunch of webtoons or, like, subscribe to them and just start going through them 
which is like <laughs> a huge problem because I'm reading too many, but I know a mutual friend of ours recommended Brimstone and Roses that That's I've, really good. Yeah, I've really been liking that one, but they they haven't updated in a while. Uh, which I is, think it it finished yeah. series 2, season 2. Yeah, whatever. It's on a season break. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, but I need more, <laughs> which is very selfish. <laughs> because we need to we need to see more of our disaster bisexual heroine and the demon she's made a pact with. I need to see them. And I I love <laughs> I love all like paranormal tropey things. So I'm like, oh, is there a demon? I'm in. Are you a witch? I'm in. Like anything like that is like my ultimate catnip um and especially if you combine that with slow burn i'm like oh yeah this is perfect it's great um my other favorite slow burn it's not a webtoon it was on uh tapas which is the other comic platform right now called charity case um and i think i've talked about this before on the podcast but it's a about uh i believe he's going to come out as non-binary eventually um he's still figuring stuff out but um, the character, he's a musician, and he's f- fired from his job and has a panic attack and goes to his agent slash mentor, who's like this old butch lesbian lady and her like beautiful wife who's trans. And they're like, we'll find you roommates, darling. Don't worry, we've got you. And he starts to fall for the two roommates who are a couple. And it's like very slow build because he's like, oh, they're a couple. I can't. I don't want to intrude. So he's like really awkward, but they're also like making eyes and being like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's it's lovely. I, I adore the art so much with that. Mm-hmm. And you've read, uh, or I've partially read The Fence, but I think you've read all of The Fence. Yeah, I, I'm fully caught up on The Fence. And that's one thing where I'm like, is this just slow? Is this a slow burn? I don't quite know just yet. I mean, she is. uh, The Captive Prince, which is her other book, is technically a slow burn. (laughs) Yeah. With traditionally published comics, it's so, sometimes it's so hard to get a feel for the pacing that the author and artist are going for because there are so many limitations uh, with the publishing schedules and, like, the time it takes to actually produce the work. So... I'm, like, holding out to see if, like, is this just moving glacially slow and, like, the burning is just, like, going to become an inferno or what's happening? But Yeah, I I, I do know that um, Sarah Rich Brennan did a novel for Fence, so maybe the burn is slightly different in that because that's a full story versus yeah, comic. I haven't read the any of the books yet because I'm like, am I ready? <laughs> like to stay up all night reading this dang book (laughs) yeah i'm saving it for a night where i'm like well i'm gonna stay up till 5 a.m so let's just do this in the land of lovely ladies being lovely we have the ladies guide to celestial mechanics yeah i feel like uh olivia waits books i'm not a big historical reader but they really work for me because i love history and i especially love the not, I wouldn't say emerging study, but queer history becoming more prevalent amongst, you know, I guess, typical history talk. So 
And also, I'm a huge antique book nerd. I originally went to library school to work in special collections, and I still love that, but I realized when I got out of school, oh, so I need a job. You need a job that makes money. (laughs) Yeah, and I love rare books, but those people stay in those jobs forever because you can stay in those jobs forever. So, um, and you only get an opening over there when they die. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Or, you know, they they upgrade to something like the Beinecke or like Library of Congress. And it's like, OK. And then everyone shifts up accordingly. Um, so I loved the story about kind of like old publishing and the scientific the the scientific publishing industry around then because I was lucky that at University of Wisconsin Milwaukee where I went and got my MLIS from my special collections teacher was kind of <laughs> almost like avant-garde he he is a special collections librarian but also does book art and like really studying the book as almost like a fetish object of our culture and the real art is in the information in the construction of the book. So he just let us touch everything, uh, including some of these antique, like self-published scientific research journals like they talk about in Celestial Mechanics. So it was cool to like have that in my curriculum and then read this book and I'm like, I can like feel how this page would feel. Oh, <laughs> it's just like the slow burn for me is not only the romance, but like, oh, my gosh, they're making this beautiful book. I want to see the beautiful book. Yeah, it, I really love Celestial Mechanics and I'm really excited for uh, Hellion's Waltz. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I have an arc of it. I will remember to read it sometime before. <laughs> <laughs> so like. His Secret Illuminations by Scarlet Gale, which I beta read in 2019, which was somewhere past 200,000 words. And she split it up into two books. Um, His Secret Illuminations is the first one. And this is the book that I called The Femdom of My Dreams. (laughs) Um, But it's a slow burn between a monk who's left this monastery to go on a journey with this warrior woman named Glory, who... They to find these rare books because he's a monk that did illuminations for books. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is like has like secrets and stuff and is important and they need to go find them. Um, and he's the, the monastery was all men. He's never really interacted with a woman before, and she is tall and he is small, and he's like, oh. I like you, but I don't know about this because this is a pseudo-Catholic religion and I have very pseudo-Catholic guilt. (laughs) Which normally I'd be like, oh, this is annoying, but it was actually kind of like vaguely endearing. (laughs) Because you get to like this, uh, I don't know if she kept it in this version, but to another another church monastery type thing. And he's like, he finds out that he was from a very rigid, very conservative sect. And these other priests are like, no, it's okay. You can have sex. And he's like, oh, I can do this and not feel bad. <laughs> um, and it, it, I just love the relationship. And I love Lucian so much because I love being in his head and how he looks at Glory and how, like, she's just big and she just cares for him. And he's just like, yes, please smash me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, there's something about the, giant woman trope that I'm like 
yeah, I, this is very good. What I really want is giant woman plus giant man who's not a warrior, but is also, like, a bit of a himbo. Yeah. And, like, lets himself be rescued by the heroine. And is like, yes, please just carry me across your shoulder. Please break me in half. I see this a lot in, like, more narrative, uh, either, like, role-playing podcasts or just, like, narrative fiction podcasts, like um, the Magnus Archives or uh, what's the, I forgot the name of the new one I just started listening to, so obviously (laughs) that, that one doesn't count. So the Magnus Archives just finished, so now everyone listening can go binge it and be sad. Yeah, and it's it's been so interesting. My, like, pandemic salve has been TikTok, and I somehow have gotten onto Magnus Archives cosplay TikTok, which I'm not mad about. Um, that is a very niche TikTok. Yeah, it is a very niche TikTok. I'm not sure I got there, maybe through Adventure Zone TikTok. And they were like, well, obviously you want to see this now. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I do want to see this. So it's it's been fun. Uh, I'm not 100% at the end. I think I'm about 60% of the way through the series. But um, so sometimes I occasionally see a TikTok where I'm like, eh, that's a minor spoiler, but I don't really care. Uh, not a huge deal. But it's been nice to kind of prolong my enjoyment of that series <laughs> through very silly TikToks. Yeah, because I re- I started it, I think it was like December 2019. I got into like the first 15 episodes and then I started January. I was like, okay, time to not listen to podcasts. Time to start real books again <laughs> or real audiobooks. Um, and then March hit and I was like, you know, this is a great time to start the Magnus Archives, which is a horror podcast and I'm in the middle of a horror story. Right. <laughs> um, and then season five happened, and I'm like, oh, well, it's still a horror story, and I'm still in a horror story. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely some parts of it where it gets into my head a little bit, and the more like romancy, like library stuff becomes, oh my God, it's too scary. <laughs> I don't know if I can listen right now, but. You know, you you either skip ahead or power through and okay. I really liked it because um, I think po- or audio dramas and podcasts lends very well to horror spooky stuff. Yeah. Um. So like the recording of the archive tapes is I think a really unique, interesting story thing. Um. It's because it, it didn't quite remind me of the uh, Night Vale podcast, but almost. Mhm. Mhm. And I think um. There's, like, generations of how people get into podcasting. Mine was Night Vale. I rediscovered it with Taz. And then again with Magnus Archives. So there's, like, three different groups. There's yeah. the Night Vale people, the Taz people, and the Archives people. That's so interesting. I never really thought of it that way, but that's probably <laughs> my journey as well. <laughs> and especially as I've been playing a lot more Dungeons and Dragons and other RPGs that also helped me get into Taz because I was like oh well when I'm not playing what can also scratch that itch and I was like oh this oh but it's like not so heavy on the RPG elements but that's actually okay and now like I've tried to get into Critical Role but the episodes are each too long 
and it requires watching it because if you listen to it you'll hear like the shifting of the papers and then reading the map and stuff and I'm like okay but I need to actually see that Mm -hmm. whereas Taz is specifically audio yeah and there's there's something I really like about a more narrative um RPG than an actual play like Critical Role I feel like especially if you're there for the romances or the shipping, uh, having it be more narrative helps with that storyline. Um, I still listen to Critical Role. It's a really good chores like podcast or like video podcast because I'll put it on and like start cleaning. And there's definitely some romantic elements in there that I'm like, hmm, um, I need to see this giant woman. Maybe make out with this not giant woman. Uh, but it moves it's so long and it moves so slowly and I'm literally two years behind of where the storyline is that I'm like I'm never gonna catch up it's like too long and too slow moving for me like the format kind of hinders the narrative elements that I personally want in my podcast yeah yeah same uh one of the other things that I've read two things recently I read Winter's Orbit which is a fantastic slow burn and I love it. And they're both idiots and they love each other. (laughs) I call it no thoughts, all vibes. (laughs) That's so good. I just pulled that to read this weekend too, because I have a copy and I saw your review in Goodreads and I was like, Oh, okay. I know what I like. I know other people are like, well, the politics don't make sense. I'm like, I don't care about the politics. Focus on the two himbos. (laughs) We're here for the feelings. We're not here for space politics. And there are books where I I enjoy the space politics. Like, I got very into the Expanse series through uh, some of my queer sci-fi friends, which is interesting because I don't find the Expanse series to be very queer. But it is just, like, space politics. Are you ready? And it's entertaining and it's fine. But sometimes, yeah, I just want himbos in space. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I half read, because my attention span is that of a mouse sometimes, uh, is A Dark and Hollow Star, which is a YA release. It's an FF and an MM set in the magical community of Toronto. Um, and we've got magic princess, or not quite princess, but like related to princes somehow, part of the court. And we've got a fury who was like, kicked out of the Furies for killing bad dudes who she shouldn't have killed. And so it's like, she's angry, stabby, and the other girl's like, oh, hey, angry, stabby, you're angry, stabby, I like you. (laughs) Um, And then there's a prince and his bodyguard, which I was like, yes, sad, pretty boys. (laughs) Um, And I, I liked the world building a bit, it was just... I got a bit bored because it's like 19 hours long. <laughs> and I got about halfway through and I was like, I'll finish this later. Yeah, I've, I've definitely found around this time, there are lots of books that I start and I'm like, I know I will like this. I know I will. <laughs> but um, my attention span just isn't there because, you know, I'm gesturing to like the world around me <laughs> and everything that's yeah. going on. Like, even I, I loved get a life Danny Brown um but it took me so long to just get into it because 
I was like, how can you be having fun when the world is terrible? And it's like, okay, that's not fair to the book or to these characters. That is a me thing. And then, you know, it took a couple months and I came back to it and I'm like, wow, I love this. Yeah, I love the two in there. There's very much right now like, okay, is it me? Is it the world or is it the book? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And like to kind of tie it back to slow burn, I feel like that's always something that's going to keep me going because I I just need to know what happens (laughs) to an obsessive uh, level um, of, yeah, like I said, staying up all night. So I found that 400k Good Omens fanfic, which I read like the first 17 chapters. Yeah. Like 200,000 words in four hours. Exactly, exactly. And then I read the rest of it, and I was like, give me back the first 17 chapters. <laughs> I, I found fix like that as well, that I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't that that good in the end, which kind of made me bummed out. But, you know, I, I'll read the first, you know, 100,000 words, and I'm like, wow, the slow burn's awesome. And I'm like, now it's just kind of smut, which is fine, but it's not like what I came here for. Yeah, that's kind of what the good omens turned into. And I was like, okay, read the first 17 chapters of A Rough Enough for Love, and then stop. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like perfect slow burn. Fantastic. Uh, are there any books that are slow burns or fanfic on your TBR before we uh, close out? Ooh, well, um, I mentioned Winter's Orbit. I'm super excited to start that this weekend because I think that'll be fun. Um, I know you and I have discussed my like big book mistake project that <laughs> that I'm working on. Uh, but for the podcast, I'm on this book committee right now where I have to read a lot of genre fiction and I have to read it very quickly. So my personal reading has kind of gone by the wayside or happens in the wee hours and it's mostly fanfic or romance that I can read very quickly but I kind of forgot that I won a copy of Leo Loves Aries until I saw it pop up on our list and I was like I own this book why am I not reading this book I love astrology so already the title is like my vibe and it's a slow burn so what am I doing it, it's fantastic. I, I, that's, I think my favorite one out of all of them. Yeah, because the cancer. Oh God, what was it? Cancer versus Pisces. I don't remember what Cancer's book was, and I was like, oh, this is fine, but I need my Leos back. But it's, I really love Anita Sunday, or at least with that series. And then for me, on my TBR, there's the manga Ten Dance, which is a slow burn. BL ballroom dancing manga. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and these guys are ballroom dancing partners, so each book is a different dance. So like the flamingo or the waltz. And they have to learn how to dance. And one of them is a professional ballroom dance, and the other one I think was like some other kind of dancer. And they're like rivals kind of. That sounds really good. I have so many stucky fanfics that people have recommended in my like marked read read for later um on AO3 that I'm like and I'm also re-watching all of the MCU movies right now so I'm like this feels thematically appropriate but um I'm just kind of scrolling through my marked for later and 
it's pretty much all yeah stucky <laughs> or a few good omen ones that you've recommended in the past too <laughs> I mean, the Good Omens ones I haven't read yet. It's where it's like, this looks cool. I'm going to add it to the list that's now 40 pages long. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can sort, I can clean up my marked for later list on AO3 better than I can clean up my Goodreads TBR. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, but yeah, I love Slow Burn and I love reading these books um thank you for joining us today amy yeah, um you can find me sarah at uh twitter at, at queer reader and where they can they find you amy i am on instagram and twitter both at robotic dinos so like robots plus dinos robotic dinos awesome yeah. um, you can find us at rombookpod r-o-m-b-k-p-o-d at twitter instagram and pinterest Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, inclusively yours. If you'd like weekly recommendations for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at Rom Book Pod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.